Ladies and gentlemen, happy St. Paddy's Day and welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast releasing every Thursday. I'm your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I'm honored to be joined by my favorite leprechaun, Alex Van Aken. Hello, sir. Yo-ho! Hello, Alex! It's oh me, your God. favorite leprechaun. Okay. Top of the morning to you <laughs> in the rest the morning- of the day, Hold too. Hold on, wait. So. Let me get in the book. I have one word I can do. Uh, Oi, my name is Seamus from Kukubri, Scotland, but that's the wrong country because we're talking about Ireland. It also um, sounds a little Australian, so you're yeah. going <laughs> like how you got into character for that. that yeah, Seamus from WWE is going to kick your head off for that. Let's well, oh, go say, proud Irishman. Ryan, super fan scared. of the show, uh, is also turning this off at this point. So I'm not scared. <laughs> yeah. uh, hello, thank you for having me, Alex. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, uh, can't complain. Cannot complain. It's 50 degrees outside. It's freaking warm. I wore my tennis shoes. Warm. You got shorts yeah. on? I got I got yeah, my shorty dude. shorts on, baby. Look at that. Yeah. Oh. I, I wore this Ooh. denim uh just like shirt jacket instead of a real coat or jacket. It was awesome. Shacket, as the kids Shacket. call it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh join us each episode alongside a rotating crew of GI editors and special guests from around the industry as we bring you the latest news, reviews, and remind me, what else do we bring? The big man swag. Every damn. Oh, I'm episode. sorry, that was cringe. My bad, dude. <laughs> well, you you have the power. <laughs> I, of this I hate setup. myself. Yeah, we're <laughs> running through the cringe filter in Premiere. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Premiere would explode if it had to edit that out. Um, this week, a lot of fun. Uh, we are breaking down our thoughts on this little indie game named Tunic, which actually is a little indie game, but oh. Can't wait to talk about that. We're going to talk about Stranger of Paradise, the uh, interesting Final Fantasy entry, and so much more. But first, you heard their voices. You know them. You love them. If you're anything like me, you're excited as hell. Because we got the Inquisitor of Indie Games, Jill. I uh, I know I've used that before, but hello, Jill Grote in the building. Hello. uh, Inquisitor makes me sound so scary. Um, I think it's because I watched the new Obi-Wan trailer. Because they got sense. the Inquisitors in that. That's so. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I got my, my green on. Gotta hmm. make sure. I'm ready yeah. for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that me and the next person you're going to introduce live in areas that don't think that 50 degrees is warm. So. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, Jill. That's why Minnesota summers are so beautiful. It's because we go through hell for six months out of the year, right? It's it's negative 30. Your your skin changes. Like, it, it gets adaptive to that because then when it is 50 degrees, it's like, sun's out, guns out, baby. Calves. I do feel like a real Minnesota when I, Minnesotan when I woke up today. It was like, ah, we made it through the, the winter. Yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, something, <laughs> something that Marcus Stewart down hey. there uh, knows very well, right? Wearing shorts at 50 degrees. Uh, yeah, 50 degrees. That's like the tundra here in Florida. We're not about that. So like, you know, but we get to laugh at you guys during the summer because your summers are incredibly mild compared to us. Like when I went up there, it's like, it's kind of chilly out, but you guys think this is hot. But then you come down here for our summers and you guys are melting and we're fine. <laughs> Bro, it hits 90 degrees in Minnesota. What are you talking about? Does what? it really? 90 oh, degrees. Yeah. It was like 100 last year. <laughs> yeah. Last summer. It was like 104. I mean, that's still whatever. What's wrong with you guys? You guys have extreme heat and extreme cold. What's going on up there? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fine. Everything's fine. I love where I also, live. Also, I'm wearing green today, which I did not know was St. Patrick's Day. I never know when it is. It's not it my is. holiday, but that's, it looks more teal on the camera. It looks it, very teal. Yeah, 
Like, I'm looking at myself on camera. It's it's really green. If you were here in person, I don't know why it looks teal on camera. You're literally lying. You're doing the Kim Kardashian yeah. thing she did no, like a week looks, ago, where it's like, what colors the the jacket? Dress. What yeah. is she doing? Like preschool quizzes on Twitter? What is the what color is my jacket? Everyone, hey, you know what? She's working hard, and you mm-hmm. should too. All right, everyone just needs to work hard. Sorry, I mean she's little. okay. I don't have any. Yeah. I got any beef with Kim. Good I job do. on okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's another topic for another podcast. Alex got a list of vendetta. <laughs> yeah. uh, this week, we're gonna jump into there's some news that I think technically came out last week, but it is a series that is uh close to a lot of our hearts here, and that is Overwatch 2. And we got some news mm-hmm. on that. That Alex, uh, break it down for us. What do we need to know about Overwatch 2? Yeah, this was written by Mr. Wes, uh, gameinformer.com slash news. Uh, Blizzard is decoupling Overwatch 2's PvP and PvE, and a PC beta uh, was announced for April. Um, so, of course, uh, just a disclaimer ahead of time, important to keep in mind, everything going on with Activision Blizzard for the last... Six months? Year, six months. It's, I mean, it's been a long time. Um, but, yeah, ongoing allegations, uh, investigations from the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing... Uh, against the company over a reported toxic workplace culture. Um, you know, we've covered it to death, but hey, heads up in case you're new here. Uh, we like to put that disclaimer on uh, games that they publish or work on. Um, Blizzard has announced that it is decoupling Overwatch's two, Overwatch 2's PvP, like I said. So what does that mean? Well, originally Overwatch 2, you know, when it was announced, it was like, okay, there's going to be new PvP, but that is still tied to Overwatch 1. If you play Overwatch 1, you know... Um, you know, you can play the same maps and content. You're just not going to get the cool new skins and character models and stuff, right? Uh, and along with that, up with Overwatch 2 was this new, you know, I believe it was a co-op PvE, um, more of a campaign focus. Story mode, um, basically, yeah. Story mode, yeah. That They're now removing that part, the PvE part, the story mode part, and putting that on the back burner so they can focus on getting PvP out the door and into players' hands. Um, so there's a quote... Uh, from a press release from Blizzard saying, quote, Overwatch is evolving and our first step towards increased communication in a consistent cadence of updates for our community. We are incredibly excited to share information about our plans for the upcoming months. We are changing our release strategy by decoupling Overwatch 2's PvP and PvE experiences from one another to get new PvP content into your hands sooner while we continue to work on PvE. Um... And yeah, that's that's I mean, the, the other half of this news is a, uh, a beta that is coming in April for PC in all regions. Uh, Blizzard says this is a quote uh, says, quote, this closed beta will include a larger group of testers who we will ask to provide gameplay feedback um, for this phase. The goal is to test our new features, content and systems before we shift to stress testing the servers with a wider player base in future beta tests. Um, so Wes uh, has the details here for us real quick. So uh, here's what to expect in the closed beta. Um, new damage hero. Okay, so a new damage hero named Sojourn. Um, that's very cool. Love a new hero. Uh, I feel like it's been a minute since... I'm not even going to say it's been a minute because I am so out of the loop on Overwatch. You're plus? Since <laughs> you know, it it has been a while. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought so. Um, new game mode called Push. Uh, 5v5 multiplayer. There are hero reworks for Orisa, Doomfist, Bastion, and Sombra. I'm very curious, especially, I mean, all of those, but especially Orisa 
and Doomfist because those were, you know, a, they're just very unique in their kits, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Doomfist is like a fighting game character, like right. combos, and I mean, he's so fun to play. They made I his wonder... fist even bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole they just back. like yeah. put it in Photoshop, <laughs> Control T, scaled it up 200%. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I wonder what Arissa's rework will be like, because I feel right. like she was a pretty balanced character, at least when I was playing. Yo, and shout out to Kristen, my my fellow uh, Orisa main. Like, I love, mm -hmm. I love me so Orisa. So I'm like anxious to see what the change is there. Is, yeah. is the Bastion rework that they're just kicking they're adding out the of the shield game? Back in? Oh, oh I was gonna, <laughs> yeah. that's a better joke. <laughs> Both I was going to say they're bringing back the shield. <laughs> yeah, they're actually penalizing players who use him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They charge you for it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are also four new maps. Um, there is a new escort map um, called Circuit Royale. Midtown is sort of a hybrid mode. Um, new Queen Street is a new push map, uh, and Coliseo is a new push map. So that new game mode push is getting two specific maps. So that's cool because cool, we'll be able to kind of test that out in detail. Uh, in this beta um or more rigorously i feel like when you have just one map it's kind of hard to get the whole scope so it's nice that they're doing they're including two maps uh with that um and then lastly closing out the press release says quote players will be granted access in phases and we will add more and more players as we progress through the upcoming betas uh we will also be sharing regular updates about what to expect in the first beta in the weeks leading up until its launch um you can sign up for the beta uh on the overwatch website i know i did um so yeah, that's that's the news story. How are we feeling about this, Alex? You've kind of um, talked a bit, but any what are your overall thoughts? Oh baby, do I have thoughts? Um, and some are just going to come to me as I start talking. I am Ooh. jealous that you got into the beta because I kept trying the day of and I could not get in. So well, I haven't I got accepted. I just submitted. Yeah. Oh okay. Cause yeah, I, I I kept getting an error when I tried to sign in. So oh, okay. um, I am excited and split on this for those who don't know like overwatch is the post i feel like everyone has like a post college game if you went to if you went to college right where it's like i'm looking for work but also telling my parents i'm looking for work and just playing overwatch literally every second of my day like i i can't remember how many hours i have in it but it, i that first one's incredible and like most people i fell off as they the content started to fall off right um it seems like they're learning from Halo and 343 in this, in this, they're seeing the success of separating the two, right? We don't know if we don't know if multiplayer is going free to play. It wouldn't be the worst idea, I don't think, for them. Um, in this current landscape, right? Um, you know, I, I'm split because I I think I I don't think the internet was high on the PvE stuff. I was excited for that because I had always said. I want single player stuff for or PV more PVE stuff for Overwatch. We had some of those events, you know, um, back in the day. Um, so I was excited to see what they would do uh, with that and flesh out the lore a little bit and the the stories behind these characters who are fantastic, who I think have become certainly in the FPS space one of the most some of the most iconic characters in in games. But you know. Overwatch was was a sensation. I think people forget that because of how quiet it is right now. But like Overwatch was huge. massive. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know. So I I guess part of me is like I I want to see them. I want to see both, and I want to see both done right. But it's been so damn quiet from them. Where it's like, okay, if that means I can play multiplayer this year in a full sense too, like past the beta, 
I can't complain too much because then it's like then it is that fulfillment of what what the next edition of that is right but it's still like to me Overwatch 2 needs to have that single player stuff or, or PVE stuff to really separate itself from the the main game outside of you know going down to five players and having the new push map and stuff like that so i'm excited i'm excited that we get to play it so soon i'm curious to see what this means for their rollout if if their multiplayer is going free to play if if it is one package right but you just pay the 60 bucks knowing in the beginning that you're just getting multiplayer for 60 bucks and then the pve stuff will come will come later i guess i don't know i'm curious to hear what y'all think that's what i wanted clarification on because it sounded like that so it will launch like 1.8 launch with just pvp yeah okay this isn't just the beta thing correct okay okay um i mean for me personally that makes me less interested in overwatch 2 uh i liked overwatch a lot i'm not a big multiplayer like or competitive multiplayer guy i've never really have been there's only been a few games that have grabbed me but overwatch was the first one in a long time when it came out that uh spoke to me because it was more it just felt more joyful and I love the more sort of like cartoony take and it yeah. wasn't about like KD ratios. It was just like, hey, work together with your team. It was really, it had just a really positive vibe of like, yeah, I'm going to upvote my buddy because he helped push the payload. Good job, buddy. I felt like everyone was just giving each other high fives. And then as it became more competitive, they kind of crept in more esports e stuff, which I understand why. And yeah, so as Overwatch got a lot more competitive as the esports team and Overwatch League, all that stuff took off it felt like some of that stuff started to creep into the game a bit uh which i get and you know i i don't really have a problem with it just made it a little bit less appealing for me and i stopped playing as often um but one thing oh and you know with all the activision stuff too like and i when you were saying before standing about them being quiet i think a lot of that was because of everything that's been going on where it's like even if they have things to say nobody cares about no overwatch wants to right, right now, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. rightfully so right there was more important things that we were talking about at the time and still now yeah so but like when they announced the pve mode that was the one thing about just two announcement that excited me because like a lot of people was like i do you overwatch i don't know why that seems weird to me it doesn't seem like it's that much different than the first game and why this couldn't just be more updates um i get maybe the back end stuff of like we have a better engine then we we need to it'd be easier to just start from scratch is sort of the destiny problem right of like we just need a new infrastructure that we can do more with but just everything they announced at the PvE stuff, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing the number two here. Uh, but the PvE thing was the one thing like, oh, yeah, I want I single player Overwatch. Awesome. Because I think like the shorts that they released and the lore is interesting. And the, the few times that they dealt with PvP stuff over the years, I enjoyed. So to hear that it's not going to be there at launch is a bummer for me personally. I know I'm in the minority there. I'm the weird person for multiplayer shooters like Call of Duty that I'm more of a campaign player than a multiplayer. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it kind of gives me more of the Street Fighter V vibe of that launching with just uh, sure. PvP, uh, which is, you know, it's a fighting game, of course, and I love Street Fighter, but it didn't even have like a basic arcade mode of like, let me just take Ryu through the story and beat up everybody and get his dumb ending. Uh, it didn't even have that. So I'm like, getting that like flashback of like is it gonna be that thing because i did i still to this day have not played street fighter 5 because of that and i'm a big street fighter guy <laughs> like it, it just ruined it basically forever so it's like oh by the time depending on how long it takes for them to add the single player thing am i gonna care still about overwatch 2 like it's gonna have to be a really good campaign <laughs> to make me want to dive into it again depending on how much of a gap there is between 
launch and that thing because we still don't even know when this game is coming out i'm still well, not convinced that it's coming out this year personally but yeah that's a good call do you think but you don't even think multiplayer is coming out this year even though we're doing well tech tests in in april now maybe fall okay. maybe but i don't know there's something about like just with all the stuff with blizzard and, and even before that hearing the stuff about like overwatch's two development seeming kind of all over the place i i'm not totally convinced yet it, it's more likely now that they're doing this but i don't think i'm still all the way like oh yeah of course it's gonna be this year yeah you know right. mm-hmm. and maybe and it could depend on the reception to this tech test right like maybe right. everyone hates it they're like oh we need to leave this in the oven a little longer yeah yeah i mean yeah it's i i think i talked about it on a show either last week or one of the videos that we did right uh, you know when when developers adapt a model similar to something like 343 where 343 is very much like nope we screwed up here like that's okay you know like y'all told us that we're gonna change that and this it seems like they're trying to go towards that model which makes sense because now not legally they're not a microsoft owned ip yet but they will be so it's like you know trying to learn those best practices now is a is a good thing but that that may lead to extended dev time you know um yeah like, plus like you three, three four threes was better because you know halo infinite didn't launch without the campaign Correct. <laughs> you know like yeah. the multiplayer was first but it was a beta and it was free right just like hey we need to test this out and it was only like a few weeks before the game launched in full so it's not really the same thing it was more just like what most multiplayer games do right right um you know we're still waiting for like co-op and stuff like that but that's not as big as like there's no story in this game yeah yeah halo halo needs a lot of things right now and but that's a different podcast but yeah uh, jill uh we're not on overwatch too this news um i kind of echo whatever everyone else has said um like i know we've talked about this for a long time so i don't want to go on but uh yeah there's just a for me there's there's a definite cloud uh, over everything involving activision blizzard right now and we'll see if that starts to feel better as the acquisition goes through with microsoft and whether or not they're changing things up and uh hopefully that gives this game a a good chance of everybody getting to jump in and not feel icky about it um but that's kind of where i am right now yeah i think just to close this out i uh my main issue not my issue my main concern is I feel like to make Overwatch 2 like really f- bring me back, it needs like a major content drop. So I'm wondering if like how many maps are we getting? How many new characters are we getting? Like I've I feel like I really need this to feel like a sequel, um, unless of like an expand for me to really dive back in. Um so I that's always kind of been my concern, especially because it's always been tied to the first game. Um so I'm just super curious how that all plays out. I mean yeah, we're getting four maps, a new characters, a bunch of character reworks. So that's cool for this this beta test. But yeah, I'm I'm more so curious than anything. But uh, yeah, that's the end of the week. Uh, Alex, should we get to topic of the week? Can we please? Can we please? Let's oh, do it. man. So this topic of the week here is Tunic. Uh, this game hasn't been in at least announced, I think, for eight years, something like that. It's been almost it's been a long long time coming like e3 2017 i mean it was actually announced before then but that's when most people heard of it 
was that like right. the big big reveal that, that had big, been around like yeah everybody like this is on your radar now it's been it was at the xbox yeah kind of like how cuphead was because cuphead had been announced before the big xbox thing right yeah yeah, yeah. um so this comes from uh andrew Scholdice, i believe i'm pronouncing that right um yeah. and then the publisher is Finji. but this is the adorable uh Zelda-like, Souls-like game that features cute little fox in a beautiful isometric world. And this was always one I looked forward to during, like, especially when Microsoft was doing the ID at Xbox showcases at E3, right? The indie section, I was like, okay, where's Tunic? Where's Tunic? It was a while. I didn't know if it was coming out, honestly, like, because it had been quiet for so long. And then I think at one point they said 2020. 2020 came and went. It wasn't there. 2021 came and went. And then... We're here in 2022, and Jill, you got to review it, and you I get did. to tell us if it's worth the wait or not. Oh my God, is it worth the wait, you guys? It is so good. It's It was one of those games that I went into, and I was almost scared to review, because I've yeah. been watching the development for so long. Like, yeah. I so hope that this is good, and it blew my expectations out of the water. I love it so much. Um, I gave it a nine seven five, which is wow, a very unusual geez. score for Game Informer. So yeah, um, it's so worth picking up. And they just announced today that it is Game Pass day one. So pick it up if you have Game Pass. There's absolutely no reason not to. Um, but to kind of jump back, let's talk about what Tunic is. Um, <laughs> uh, as uh, Alex sort of pointed out, it is following this adorable little fox um and the game is very inspired by zelda and it's definitely not ashamed of that it's very inspired also by uh souls games um so it's not going to be that easy romp you know that you want to give to like kids this is not a child game this is a game for people who love video games who've been kind of steeped in the tradition a little bit you can still enjoy it if you're just a new player, but if you have some background with older classic titles uh, or just like video game kind of visual language in general, this is going to be a really magical experience because it uses that um, as sort of a language for you because it does not tell you much, if anything, directly. Um, you are going around it's all sort of centered around the idea of collecting these pages and the pages are a sort of virtual in-game um guidebook instruction booklet manual. yeah yeah uh and it's so nostalgic even though i didn't grow up in the era where you had like these little guidebooks that were the only thing that sort of got you through a gaming experience it made me nostalgic and that's an amazing thing um as you're flipping through this guidebook, it tells you like, okay, here's how you attack, here's how stamina works, but then it also starts to really tell you things about the game. And you have to be paying sort of close attention to figure out like what it's telling you because it tells you everything and nothing. It's so fantastic because most of the guidebook is written out in this sort of uh, glyph language that it's okay. it's gibberish it means nothing some of it's in english some of it is readable um you've got little symbols you've got little arrows you've got little like indications in the instruction book 
but you're not going to be able to figure out exactly what's happening just based off of reading this. It's a, a lot of piecing things together, and I just absolutely fantastically love this sort of game. Uh, we were talking about this last week, and I managed a little secret in there, if anybody was watching, <laughs> um, in the style of, like, secretive tunic. Uh, it's a game very much like Elden Ring, that aspect of Elden Ring that people love so much. It's not at all holding your hand you're gonna go through and it's gonna be 100% on you to figure stuff out. But when you figure it out, you feel so good. You are proud of your achievement. And there's just like aha moments all over the place. Well, so awesome. it's, it's so good. It, it allows you to feel that like it's, it's not taking any of that away. It's not shouldering that burden for you. But it's so well designed, that if you're paying attention, you're not going to get lost. You know, you know where to go, you know, keeping with the classic Zelda theme, like if there's a torch, if there's lighting, that's where you want to go. Like uh, if there's certain things that look suspicious, that's usually because it's suspicious. If there's something sense, like throwing your senses, gaming senses going tingling, like pay attention to that because it's supposed to be happening. Um, and it's such a great feeling. It's so amazing to play through and to have this experience. Uh, the the flip side of that is occasionally you do have a situation where you get stuck and you're kind of like, I have no idea where to go. And when you're reviewing a game and no one else is playing it, that's sort of tough. Uh, I suspect most people will go to their friends. Hopefully go to your friends first. Go to something. Uh, I, I have planned a little tips spoiler free tips for two i think tomorrow uh so no today if you're watching um (laughs) and they are spoiler free because i've read them thank you mark so um if you if you need a nudge in the right direction but that there can be moments when you get stuck and that can be frustrating um but it once you figure it out like even in my most most frustrating moments once I figured out what I was missing and I was staring right at it and I just didn't interpret it correctly, I was like, oh, I've got it. This is great. Um, right. So it's really just an amazing experience. And I know, Alex, you've played a little bit of it, too. I have. I did the capture for our video review that you can check out on YouTube.com slash Game Informer. I think, I, I think about, Alex, we had a conversation, I think, this week or last where you're kind of like oh this is kind of like death's door uh yeah the, the indie title from last year and 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 they share similar dna because they're both inspired by by zelda likes right i think what what makes this game and i love death's door this isn't me taking away from that game but like what makes this game so much uh, share uh, i'm trying to not disparage death's door here but like what sure. what is in in enraptured me so much about this game is its sense of discovery, like Jill has said, and how it's just, it, it feels like it rewards you at every step. I, I i wondered what like life was going to be like post Elden Ring, right? Like how we would view games now that we have something like this. And I actually feel like this is the perfect time for Tunic to have come out. Uh, maybe not in the midst of, you know, Elden Ring selling 12 minute units, but like, I feel like it's primed players like me who don't, who do like more of a guided experience, right? to be open to something like this a little bit more where like Jill said, like it is totally, it just, 
There's no, there's nothing. You literally start on a beach and you just have to go. Um, and that sense of discovery and in an indie game, in a isometric game like that, I feel like is very rare and to be executed in such a way is, is fantastic. And, and, you know, Alex, I, in the context of that conversation too, it's like, there are so many things like I feel like, and I'd really tried in a video review to only show the few levels that we're familiar with. Right. Yeah. There's, there are so many other layers to this visually and, and design wise that I really like, it would be a disservice to you and to the people playing it or who want to play it to talk about. Right. Because it's like, you know, we've only scratched the surface in what they've shown uh, thusly. And I'm very excited to keep going through and, and diving through those layers. And it doesn't hurt that. I think this is one of the best looking indie games ever. Like the, the lighting is sublime. Um, the the worlds feel distinct from one another and there's just there's so much that i i'm excited to go explore and see right jill i think you said in your review it took you about 20 hours right to get through so it should it uh according to you know the developers it should take you around 12 ish hours to finish if you're just running through it took me 20 because i'm like i have to get every single secret and i thought i did and i rolled credits and then I found out there's a whole new world out there afterwards. So Ooh. I have spent now, I think, 35 to 40 hours in this game finding post like post game stuff. Um, wow. And and I've been like messaging Stadnik because he's the only one who's right. been like playing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just found this thing and I can't believe it. I yeah. like a whole new thing. I wasn't even expecting it, it. It got brought up in a meeting. Right. And I was like, I, I said something along the lines of like, this is like Elden Ring. And I got a reaction from the the, the editorial team. Right. But it's like, yes. I don't think that is. I guess we can't credit Elden Ring for coming up with discovery in video games, but it is giving me the same sensations of that. Of, it's the new Breath oh of the Wild. God. I mean, yeah, it does have those moments of like, <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I should not be here, but I am. And now I'm exploring the right. space and it is incredible. And I just don't. And then that is just such brilliant design, right? Because then it makes you check every corner and you're like, oh, what's going to be behind this? And, you know, I, I am, I'm infatuated with this game and, and I, it is the first game post Elden Ring that has got me to put Elden Ring down and be like, oh, I really want to pay attention to this. And it's 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 a game where I'm thinking about it when I'm not playing it. And then I think about Elden Ring and I can play that and I th- think about Tunic and I play that. You know what I mean? It's just it yeah. is it is such a joyous experience and a celebration of why games are great on top of Jill said it in her, her review, but a fantastic score absolutely awesome oh, yeah. music that i will will be looking for the vinyl of like you know it is it is so right. what did you say in your review it was i ch- called it chill beats to fight to yeah <laughs> i was so proud of that line. well done yeah. um, but <laughs> so the composer good. is life formed and that is a team of uh a married couple and uh I wanted to shout that out because I don't think I mentioned that in one of my like uh, features that I just put up. So like good, you know, very good score. Check it out. Yeah. Right. Um, And I actually weirdly think. I think that playing the demo almost was a disservice to what this game is. I mean, there's so, like I got through it. I'm like, y'all didn't do that. This yeah. 
I thought I knew what I was getting into and then right. I didn't. Yeah. Which is, I, I, that's the good portion of it, right? If like setting that expectations and then going not completely different, right? But like just adding on to that in such an interesting way. But I do know I have friends who's like, yeah, I played the demo and it's like, it's cool, right? Like there's some Zelda combat. I played it like, you know, I've played it before, right? But it's like, especially this being on Game Pass, it's like you've barely scratched the surface. And even in that first area, there's a lot of stuff different than in the demo that I was surprised And like, at, so. I know where Stanik is right now. And I'm so excited for him because he hasn't even he doesn't even know he hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> Bro, like, you don't even know. You don't even know. And it's <laughs> one of those games that's so hard to review because you can't really talk to anybody about it. Right. Um. So I can't be like, yo, did you check this out? Um, yeah. And yeah. I, so I'm really excited for people to start playing it so that I can actually talk to them in like as veiled language as humanly possible. So I don't give anything away. Uh, and speaking of giving stuff away, be really cautious, okay? You, a lot of this game is visual, and visual um, spoilers are going to be out there. So be really cautious on what you look at, and be really cautious about, like, if you want to go in blind, it's really the best way to do it, because that sense of discovery, if someone's told you, oh, this thing does this, you don't get that, and you miss some of the magic. So be careful. Yeah, and people on the timeline don't be dicks. Don't tweet yeah. stuff out. You know, um, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marcus, you are someone who has played this the Tunic demo many times. It sounds like in its eight year development, you know, public development. Anyways, like you yeah. haven't cracked into this yet, right? I have not. Yeah, I've played at different PAXs over the years, and uh, all the demos that they've released publicly i've i've played so i've been i've been following keeping an eye on this game for some time hoping that it would be as good as it apparently is i have not played it yet i've had it for a couple days um but i'm still like neck deep in elden ring and horizon and it's so hard to not because it's like i want to play this like now but especially compared to elden ring like do i need another game like that or like this needs my undivided attention to like find all the secrets and stuff but like i don't know if i want to do a disservice to both of those games by dividing my right. attention like that so it's yeah. like I, I want to at least finish horizon because i'm much further in that before i get to this mm-hmm. um but i'm super excited and i was thinking this just now uh you guys are comparing it to like death store what i've been thinking more of is uh fez this is yeah. first, reminding me a lot of when fez came out and even the the header image you chose jill for your review it just it's fez like yeah. the, the floating island and the color palette but hearing that the game you know has all these secrets and that's going to be one of those games where the internet's going to come together and you know compare notes and be like oh did you did you do the thing did you know that you could do this uh i i don't know why i, I just keep thinking like oh is this almost like a new fez which is exciting because fez is one of my favorite indie games of all time and i loved it uh when it launched uh so i'm excited to kind of almost relive and it's funny because i was like 10 years ago now yeah that was 2012 when that came out so it's like 10 years later we have like a a quote-unquote new fez you know it's there it's totally different game but i don't know why it just makes me think of that but no i think i think that's spot on i would say this is less obtuse as fez was right because i felt like in fez if i was missing something i was missing it and i was never gonna find it right we're not gonna be deciphering a language and yeah as far as we know it, well, we, um, well <laughs> see you don't you, right you don't know right it's, yeah. this game could have everything for all we mm-hmm. know the secrets are the secrets run deep uh i only have one other question really for this and this is for you joe and this is uh the kids are going to love this because it's actually culturally relevant 
and okay, I'm ready. people can't do a stop. TikTok dance here. Um, yeah, Jill, what exactly does the fox say? Oh my god. Done. GI shows canceled. Yeah. Doesn't what? That's anything. what? Isn't that he cool? Say, our poor little fox says nothing Aww. and everything at the same time. Yeah, I mean, silence is a statement too, right? <laughs> I can't believe you got on this show and did that. What? That's the cool, Alex. Every all the kids love that song. Did I? Did I miss something? Did that come back? It never yeah. left. Oh, now. No. Yeah, it's actually yeah. the credit song in this game. When you beat it, <laughs> dude. No spoilers. What the hell? I'm sorry. You got to go through the secret wall and you get the the hidden ending, and they play mm-hmm. the song. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like the idea of the credits rolling, and it's like, what does the fox say? And then it's just silence, because he doesn't talk. Crickets. Yeah. Oh, uh, well much done, like bro. that joke. That was good. That was good. I liked it. I don't think it was, but... <laughs> uh, VA, as as uh, a fan of the indies, right, you were, you're, I think, one of the biggest Death Door guy in the office from last year. Um, you know, where is your hype levels at? What are you feeling for this one? Really hype. Uh, like Marcus, I saw that game at many PAXs in the past. I've waited uh, in many lines to play the demos. Uh, and something always happens at PAX where I'm in line for the demo to to play Tunic. And something happens where I have to leave and leave the line and go do something else. Yeah. Oh, I saw that one I, time. We were in the same line once. And I was like, where's that guy going? uh and so i have never played tunic despite going to two or three uh demo uh areas to wait in line because the line was always ridiculous and i was dumb and didn't make a a media appointment um so i'm very excited to play tunic uh especially hearing that i was kind of worried uh i was kind of worried that yeah like i love death store so much these like very similar games because I've only seen footage from the first, you know, few minutes of the game. Um, I take it back. I did play one of the Steam demos, um, but uh, yeah, so I was, I've, just, I've just been really curious about how it's all going to shake out. And hearing that it is just there's so much focus on exploration really makes me excited because that is uh, really one of the driving factors of my enjoyment in video games. Um, and so I I can't wait to play this. I'm I, I'm reviewing a game right now and have other video reviews that I, so I'm playing other games right now but I will be playing this as soon as possible I I did think of you when I was playing it I was like oh Alex is gonna love because like art style music yeah exploration I was like this is gonna be great and I do think from a combat perspective that comparison with Death Door is very fair because it is so inspired by they're both so inspired by Zelda you know yeah. but I do think there is there is a level of of souls in there where you cannot just hack and slash, right? And, and yeah. I guess you couldn't necessarily in Death Store either, but I feel like even more so in it. It's um, funny because I remember asking the developers of Fenji at one of the packs I played this, and like I said, Zelda, and at least the person I was talking to was almost like like kind of adamant that this was not a Zelda thing. Like they almost, were, that. yeah, that they were just like, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't like a Zelda game or this isn't a Zelda like. And right. at the time, I was I thinking mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> I think probably that's correct if you go into the combat thinking it's going to be Zelda like. Uh, yeah, the combat is definitely not that. Um, and I, and I think because uh, like you mentioned before that the demo that they showed is almost 
it, it really does not even scratch the surface of what this game really is and what it has. And maybe that has something to do with it of like, oh, yeah, maybe I could see that with this like this opening few minutes. You know, I mean, you play a fox with a green tunic and a sword and yeah, shield. This game was originally but... called like Secret Legends or something like that. Like it is very Zelda inspired and it wears that inspiration very much on its sleeve. But it is not a copy or some kind of hollow imitation. It has its very, very uh, unique personality that really does shine through. It might have yeah. been one of those situations where like they're like, hey, I need to go get lunch. Will you watch my booth for me? Uh, oh, and, that's act, and the dude's like, this isn't a Zelda game, dude. Yeah, I'm checking my notes. Doesn't say Zelda here. Yeah, yeah. it gave me like a sticky note with the details. Is that why yeah. you couldn't play it? That was that you, Alex. You had to jump on a line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That explains why the guy tried to choke me with my lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes sense, though. I, that that kind of almost closes the door because I'm always stuck in my mind, like, what do they mean by that? Because like it looks Zelda E, and even when I played the demos later, I was like, okay, this feels more Dark Souls because I don't even remember it feeling. S- that Dark Soulsy in those PAX demos, I, I it didn't feel like that until the Xbox demos recently. Right. So I don't know if that was something that tweaked or my memory is just weird. Um, but I remember even back then it felt more Zelda E in the action. But mm. yeah, I wonder if maybe that's something that changed, or they were referencing all the other stuff that they had planned. Because like, based on again, Jill, what you've said, it sounds like the secrets in this game go far beyond what really any zelda game has done in terms of like just the scope and oh if you could see over here i've got like a wall of red twine just... <laughs> how, how are the You're... bosses jill are, i assume I mean, there are bosses in the game they are there are indeed bosses they are pretty like if they're pretty traditional as far as like bosses go you're in an arena you can't leave that arena and that boss is gonna kill you it's gonna okay, kill you a lot enough. it's gonna uh, test the mechanic the time, in the dungeon yeah, yeah, and most of the time, I um, tunic is so good because it has so many different avenues. Like it is linear, but those branches branch and branch and branch, so you can like go so many different ways. So if I ever got to a boss that I couldn't defeat in the first, you know, couple of tries, and I was getting frustrated, I just go off and and do something else and pick things up that might help and yep. come back, and then I destroy that boss and and go on. Yeah. Easily, awesome. like there's, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, yep. I'm so I was like, you can't say anything, huh? Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it 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 is funny comparing the 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 Messiah of Elden Ring for a lot of people to Tunic, but I I don't think we're speaking in hyperbole here. I really do feel like those there's very similar um, uh, strands together between the two. It's not a strand. Game, Wait, this is a strand game too? Yeah, Kojima invented this. That's why it's not Zelda. Yeah. That's stranding. So, um, Jill, cool. any any parting thoughts uh, before we we move on here? Um, play this game. This is yeah. a great, absolute game. You don't want to miss it. This is going to be a 2022 top 10 kind of game. I'm fighting Dan Tack. You believe me? Um, <laughs> Physically. If, phys- yeah. We, phys- we've already I, booked I, the match. It's going to be great. I know it. Um, <laughs> If like I understand the thought process behind wanting to like put this on the back burner and finish Elden Ring and finish, you know, there are so many good games out right now. But like I would super urge everybody to to jump in because this is gonna be a game that if you run into spoilers for, it's not gonna be as magical. And yeah. that's unfortunate. And I don't want anyone to run into that situation where they're like, oh, I don't see what the big fuss was about because like 
you didn't discover that thing you accidentally read it and yeah so i mean jump in as if you can i i i can't recommend it enough yeah that's my other fear too is for waiting that fomo is real like you want to be part of those conversations like oh people found something oh cool (laughs) and stuff you know right so and uh, i do and i really do think they're complementary experiences And, and obviously it's hard to share that mind share right but i i think the pri- the pump has been primed for this game to be successful in the people as minds who maybe aren't as uh, comfortable in in games genre games like this. So, and it's about a twelve hour experience, so you can get through it in a weekend if you want. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm excited to finish it. I I can't say yet, but I do think this is on track to be in my mind like Limbo. Ori, like some of the best indie games we've yeah. we've had. So um very excited to keep playing through it. So awesome. Hark. Dust thought here. The Dust horns here. Chaos. The horns. The <laughs> chaos approaches. The horns of chaos. Welcome back to the GI show. We are joined by the one and only, the EIC. You know him, you love him. Andrew Reiner. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going, everyone? It's good. good. Yeah, it's good to have you. It's a rare occurrence to have you on the show these days. You're busy being the editor-in-chief, I suppose. We got to change that. I need to play more games. <laughs> True. Yeah. Marcus, there you go. Editor-in-chief. It's, it's going to be sitting there for you. <laughs> oh, wow. What a surprise. You I didn't know I was getting a today. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I knew playing Enjoy. all those games would help. Yeah. <laughs> um, Reiner, speaking of playing games, you actually did get to sit down and play a, uh interesting title, we shall say. Uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, the action RPG from Square Enix. And this is a wild mixed bag, Reiner. What are your initial impressions of the because because you beat the game, you reviewed it, but like give me the the spark notes on what the, what the hell this game is. First, I have to correct you. It is according to Square Enix, a hardcore action RPG. Oh, okay. A new genre. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. got some, yeah, it's like a strand game. It's got some attitude. It's uh, it's all rage, all muscle. And that all kind of begins with the character Jack, who basically sums up this game in a nutshell, right? Like he is terrible. He's awful. <laughs> but yeah. as a char- as a human being and, and just a interesting character, he he is not right. But he's great on the battlefield, right? So you get the best and worst of Jack in this this game. And. Jack's mission is to kill chaos. That's what this entire story is about. I know what last year when the demos came out, people were making fun of it because he's like, I got to find chaos. I got to kill chaos. Chaos. That's just a small snapshot of Jack. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he does in this game. And the storytelling does nothing around it. Like that's the sole beat here. They try to do a couple things with the king and the princess and stuff like that. But it's all about Jack and his party questing for this being that they don't even know if he's real or not but they want to take him down for whatever reason they hold these dark ask, crystals. Is chaos a concept or a person it's you see him at the beginning as a person but they don't know that right like you're okay. seeing behind the scenes what they don't see but they have these dark crystals they're chasing this power you learn along the way that hey guess what here's a spoiler chaos is real uh and uh you, you got to go take him down so it is a very solo-minded game hmm. The story really kind of brings down the experience, but which is a shame because the combat is fantastic and it has kind of a, a level of depth you don't often see, even in RPGs. 
there is a lot uh, to Jack. He's a jack of all trades. Maybe that's what they should have called <laughs> that him. That one is so, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. But he is, uh, you know, he can he could switch between, I don't know how many jobs there are, 22, 23, I don't, I don't remember. But at any time, he can be any job. So he could be a warrior. He could be a white mage. He could be a red mage, a black mage. You know, you could just have him be whoever you want, whatever best suits the uh, the battle at hand. And the battles are really good. They're balanced really nicely. Your AI companions actually help and do damage. You don't have to babysit them. They know what they're doing on the battlefield. And then you just have a nice arsenal of of moves, whether it's combos or magics or evasive or uh, parry uh, moves that you have at your disposal. You, you have everything you need, and it feels really good. It's aggressive. It kind of lives up to that billing of hardcore. You know, like you get finishers against enemies where you like, kind of rip their jaw apart or smash their head in. They kind of hide the gore with these crystals, right? It's an explosion of crystal. But um, it's a lot of fun to play. It's just brought down by by that story. It's always held in check by that story. Right. And we should back up by saying uh, this is technically a remake of the first Final Fantasy, even though it just only uses that really as a template and then just kind of does its own thing, correct? Yeah, well, I mean, you have a lot of the same beats, a lot of the same environments, setups, and then bosses that you go against. And it's cool seeing the graphics aren't great in this, but the bosses, the enemies look cool, right? Like Square's artists did a nice job of bringing these beasts to life in, in new ways. But yeah. it is a remake of one. This is a bit of a spoiler just saying this. I didn't put it in my review, but it's kind of an alternate take uh, given where things go. But yeah, it is. It is a very strange thing to remake. They should have just made a new game, and <laughs> just because it feels so different, it's so divorced from those core Final Fantasy games. Even just the Final Fantasy vibe, you know, every once in a while you'll see an enemy like a cactuar or something like that, and you're like, "Oh, that's Final Fantasy ish," or your character will hum a theme song. But otherwise, it feels like it has more in common with like a Devil May Cry or a Brawler than anything Final Fantasy, yeah. just from tone, even. Yeah, right? Are you? The writing in this game is clearly atrocious. That <laughs> seems to be yeah. a, a big takeaway. But is at least as someone that loves so bad it's good media and thinks that The Room is one of the most entertaining films of all time, is it at least that kind of entertaining bad? Yeah, you get it's it's baffling because they they try to they go for it, right? This isn't intentional yeah. camp. They're really going for it. And it at times there's there's one scene where you meet jed and ash two of your companions for the first time and and your character jack's just walking down a street towards this this castle seen this or clip. the city and he just turns around these two people get his attention they he turns around and they have like they exchange a couple words then they hold up their dark crystals and then they fist bump and they decide they're gonna journey together yeah they, did the maybe they decide to journey and then they fist bump but it is so cheesy there's no context it makes no sense but you're like all right, I guess that's how I met these two people I'll be spending the rest of the game with. That's how <laughs> I met my friends. Yeah. I was going to say, that's how I got hired, yeah. We need to recreate this moment. I'm like, I am so in on this right now. <laughs> It'll be an extra life video for sure. Uh, um, yeah. Some other problems it has, level designs are a mess. Uh, you can just sprint through combat at times. You don't need to engage. So that will help you get through said confusing maze-like levels. Uh the uh the uh, again there's a lot of loot in this game that you get that is associated with these these jobs that you're leveling up i love that there's a ton of loot but every enemy pretty much every enemy or chest you open drops something so 
it's almost you could too much. technically go into your menu every like five or 10 seconds to see if you got something that's better. Uh, I kind of pushed it off to every checkpoint or every save point. Then I'd go in and adjust my character and level up uh, the jobs, which again is very cool having all that depth. But it's it's it just it's it's overwhelming at times just how much is is going on. But at its core, the combat is fantastic. You can get something out of that. There's a lot there to to like difficult boss fights. I know Alex, that was one of your maiden frustrations. Yeah, it, it wasn't so much that I was frustrated that there was hard bosses. Um, it was how the structure of the game led to it, right? Because I feel like in something like Souls or Neo, which I do think this game is taking pieces from, um, in the unabashedly in the hardcore ARPG aspect of it, right? But like, you know, those games, at least Souls, kind of like build you up for a boss battle right it, it kind of gives you tells it kind of like prepares you right whereas in what i've played of final fantasy origin it very much is like you cruise if you're if you have any sense of an action rpg you kind of cruise through the first opening five hours of levels right but then the bot like they ramp up the difficulty for the bosses in such a way i was like oh this isn't like this is frustrating more than it is like like um rewarding in that sense you mm -hmm. know what i mean because it feels like such a like did i change the difficulty on accident that yeah. kind of thing like in that first boss I, I you start to get used to it the more you go in but like that first boss i literally couldn't beat it without using the mage character because that was the only one i could get distance from and like hit him from hit the boss from afar so and i don't know if that gets better as you level up reiner i know like the third boss battle i my expectations were in check, so it's like it, yeah. I, I handled it easier, but I was still just like, it just feels like a, an absurd jump at times. So Yeah, the harder, the harder battles are at the end, but you learn early on that if you keep your distance at times, your AI companions will do work. Right. They will take away at that, that health meter. It's not just going to sit there like in a lot of games. Like you can rely on them and be like, a cheerleader cheerleader in the background, like, go team. Go, go. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're so and good yeah. that Reiner and I played co-op. And then he just eventually yeah. kicked me out of the game because I wasn't as good as the AI. He was like, get this scrub out of here. Yeah, I, don't need him I, I want I want my AI companions back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the co-op's interesting. Like it's it's fun to play with another player or a couple players. You got to keep pace with each other in levels. Otherwise, yeah. you know, let's say I'm level 80 and let's say Jill is level 60, but Alex is only five. I'm just going to lop the Alex's together at level five. Yes. We uh, we have to play level five levels then. Yeah, you know, so we can't they can't jump forward. We can't power level them. We're just kind of being held down. And we're so powerful that we're just cruising through those levels. It's not that much fun. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you're going to play with friends, make sure you're all playing at the same time or your battle level. That's the thing that's most important. It's not your job level, but your battle level is is where it needs to be. Uh, so you can approach most levels together. And you do for the the lower level scrubs, you do need to complete a level for it to be available to you in co-op. That's the thing. I was like, yep. when Reiner and I were playing co-op together, it was like, oh, like I'm on this specific level, but Reiner couldn't select it because I hadn't beaten it yet. So just just a tip going in, which is was kind of frustrating, but was what it was. It was weird. It kept bringing up a message. Your friend's not good enough. And I was like, geez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Better friends. Yeah. <laughs> not hardcore enough. Is, yeah, this game, yeah. is this game as i assume it's not as big as like an average final fantasy right like no i mean there's a lot of levels that you go through but you can cruise through a bunch of them once you get your level up there those boss fights are you know the choke points where you will struggle a little but 
you will be crushing once you get your your job levels up um but yeah i would i would say i probably spent 25 hours with it and there's side levels but there's nothing to the side levels you're just going to battle a, a boss you know through yeah. the same environments there's a cool end game yeah. yeah the end game's interesting i don't want to spoil that for people but that's cool um but yeah, yeah, it's it's such a strange. I mean, it lives up to the billing, right? It's such a strange entry in the Final Fantasy canon, and um, it's not going to be for everyone. Definitely, Final Fantasy fans, I think, is is going to be you know thinking of those core pillars. It doesn't really tick any of them. You know, it's 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 something different, something new. I feel like the combat. I was like, oh, this is kind of evocative of like FF Seven remake, right? But I was like, oh, it's not as tight, but it's still good, right? You know, like yeah. I, you know, you you did have fun with this game, right? It wasn't a complete. I did, yeah, yeah. And then the characters would start talking, and I'd be like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah. oh no, what's happening?" <laughs> what the TV mute buttons for? <laughs> yeah. Just imagine exactly. what they're saying. It's probably going to yeah. play out better than the actual Read story. Text messages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do your own riff tracks for it. Yeah, I go was to Facebook, it. find better friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was playing it. I was sitting there, and I was like, I got through about two or three hours, and I, <laughs> I thought to myself, man. Blake would hate this game. We should get him to play through the whole thing on <laughs> <laughs> on the channel or something like that. Um, but yeah, Reiner, do you have any any final thoughts on uh, Strangers of Paradise here? Well, that's kind of it. You know, just gauge your expectations when you see Final Fantasy in that box. Just know it's not the Final Fantasy you know and love. But if that's, you know, if you're just looking for some fun action and playing something cooperatively with a friend that's a little different, yeah, this might be it. Yeah. I'm surprised that's not the back of the box quote. This ain't your granddad's <laughs> Final Fantasy. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Oh, 10 out of 10. What did you give uh, Final Fantasy Origin? I don't know. What I don't remember. Seven? Seven out of 10? <laughs> right. Yes, you did. You did give it a seven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already reviewing like Tiny, T Tiny Tina. So I'm like, it feels like so far, so long ago now. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, we were looking at news and stuff. I was like, oh, wait, that's right. Stranger of Paradise did come out this because it's out in early access now, correct? Yeah. It's Something out on like tomorrow. This is on Thursday Today. when people are listening. So it's out tomorrow. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. So uh, if you're interested, go read the full review on GameInformer.com and then you can uh, watch. Reiner and I did about a 11 or 13 minute uh, discussion on the game on YouTube.com slash GameInformer. Uh, I think that's the only content we'll be doing around it unless, I don't know, Marcus, you want to stream it. Uh, that's that's between you and God. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a talk uh, with him. Yeah. <laughs> Reiner, I think I hear your door knocking. Chaos may be here. Oh, I, sent him I better over go place. check and see if he's there. Yeah, you may. You don't want to keep him waiting. Now that chaos is out of here. Marcus, we've Hi. had a lot of fun over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about Elden Ring. I don't think Jill has still played it yet, but, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I'm going to come to your house. You just start Jill, let again, me know bro. if you want me to roundhouse him. If you I, you want. know. I'm already Bro. fighting tech. I'll just add you on. It's Perfect. no problem. Oh, handicap match. There yeah. You if you if you need a place to stay so you can come and beat Static's ass, let me know, Jill. I got a free place to stay. Okay. Come down to Minneapolis. He's a block away. You can go and show him what's Bro, up. Bro, I'm gonna move. I'm not making. I'm not letting y'all know. The Inquisitor's uh, coming to town. Oh, that's why I. That's why I named you that, or I gave you that nickname today. Ooh. Um, Marcus Elden Ring. You are. Uh, historically a big from fan there's a whole youtube page archive of you playing uh sekiro and demon souls and stuff like really that well, too. Um, really well yes Thank you. 
impressively yeah. so. That's wild. It's like I've always liked those games, but like those super replays, I feel like they painted me as like, oh, you're like this Dan Tack with these these uh series, I guess. It's kind of weird to call it that. And it's like I, I guess so, even though I've only beaten two of them, <laughs> which is <laughs> Demon Souls and and Bloodborne. But I've played most of them. I've never played Dark Souls two or three, which yeah. may change in the future. You know, maybe stay tuned. <laughs> but yeah, I am very much enjoying Elden Ring. I don't know what else, you know you guys have not said already, or Dan Tack has you know articulated better than I can. But I am neck deep in that game. It is my game of the year so far. I love it because it is exactly what I wanted. That it's just Dark Souls, Breath of the Wild. And I don't mean Breath, and I, when I say Breath of the Wild, I don't just mean like, oh, it's an open world Dark Souls. Like, open world games obviously existed before Breath of the Wild, but it's scratching that Breath of the Wild itch of not giving me guidance, l- this discovery feeling so genuine. Every night I play, it's going into an area and being like, what, what even is this? And just like zooming in on something and like, what is this monstrosity? Like, and it's where I'll try to avoid saying specific things I've seen because I know people are you know sensitive to that you know it's hard to it's hard to know what is a spoiler in this game outside of like the ending (laughs) right um but i i love it i i'm a good ways in i'm like pushing 40 hours uh i it's it's just you know what i was thinking of the other day is that this feels like and this is gonna sound weird but it feels like dragon ball in a weird way what? I am so okay, curious about really this. Yeah, let's. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe because I've been watching some Dragon Ball clips recently, I've been on a weird <laughs> Dragon Ball clip. But the idea of like going into an area and you you're fighting things that are stronger than you, and you're like, maybe I can take this on, maybe I can't, but maybe I'll force myself too so I can get more experience. And like it feels like it's training, like Dragon Ball training of like I need to level up quick, so I'm gonna step into the equivalent of like a gravity jack the up to 200 g's and by that i mean i'm gonna go into this poison swamp that maybe i don't belong in yet <laughs> but i'm gonna like but i can survive just enough to where like i can take something down if i'm just really on my game right yeah. and i'm just gonna do that to sharpen myself so that when i go to the quote-unquote easier areas i'm like over leveled in a pure skill sense because it's like yeah. I've mastered these hard guys with these patterns, so you relatively easier guys. I'm just like ultra instinct, just dodging everything. Bro, you're literally you're... <laughs> trunks when Frieza comes back. Holy yes, god, that's how it feels like. Or wow, when he goes back dude. to the future and he just like wipes out the androids like nothing because he's yeah. like, you guys don't know what I was doing. I've been doing side quests and now I'm back. Oh. Yeah, and, the, the craziest part of Elden Ring, McCrillin gets cut in half by the destructor disc. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that that wild, wild boss fight. Yeah, it was Bro, like an eat. The eagle with the destructo disc on their feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, I hate those birds so much. Those birds suck. But I, cool. I had no concept of where you were going with that. You stuck the landing as you usually. That, that's incredible. I was like, does this only make sense in my head? Because there was literally like a few nights right. Yeah, I'm getting that weird same satisfaction that maybe that's what the Saiyans feel when they know they're kind of like intentionally bunching above their weight a bit. To go fight something that, like, you know, they overlevel a thing and they're like, Whoa, how did you get so strong so quickly? And you like, you come back to Margit and you're like, You don't know where I just was. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, know, you, you, whoop, you whooped me before, but like, it's on now. And I, I got buddies wait. with me. I got this summon that I probably shouldn't have right now, but he's like tanking through everything. Me and him, that's we've awesome. been rolling in deep. Me, him, and Torrent, that's like the threesome. That's the triple threat. 
every area we roll in, everyone starts running. They see us. <laughs> it's it's a real fun time. So yeah, Elden Ring has been great. I'm excited to get uh, see it through and try to uncover as much as I can of the game. It's it's so much fun. And uh, and the other game I've been playing, which almost feels like the hard opposite in some ways, is I'm still playing Horizon. Um, I'm pushing like 50 hours in that game now dang wow. i'm in san francisco which is not a spoiler because that's like the first thing they Wait. announced <laughs> you're telling me there's yeah. a u.s city in this Get game them. yeah, yeah the, the, you're the telling me there's a reclaimed city that we are familiar with because it ties us to the game and makes us interested in playing it Get yeah, what the heck you're saying that's why the golden gate bridge is on the box art uh yeah i'm in that area just to give people an idea of where i am so i i'm i'm the way that but i've been doing a lot of the side quests too um i'm still very much enjoying that game going back and forth between them which i do some nights can be jarring sometimes in uh to horizon's detriment because i will say the one thing i've been noticing more and more and has subsequently been driving me mad (laughs) is just how much aloy talks but not in a good way sometimes like i don't mind her you know being like it's cold out here or whatever <laughs> like little stuff like ah rain my boots uh, are wet gotta bring those out i always I, love that quote and i don't know why yeah she says that a lot there's a snake in my boots yeah um, <laughs> who could forget that classic, one but classic but the problem is that you know and you know i've heard other people like this too like the way that she will butt in and basically solve problems before you have a chance to really analyze them and take them in I that has become more and more of an issue for me. And I don't know if the game it feels like it's ramping up the deeper I'm in. Or I can't tell if that's true or if I'm just noticing it more, especially in contrast to Elden Ring, which tells you nothing. <laughs> um, but like I I remember I there was one night where I actually went into the menu to see if like is there a way to turn this off or kind of like there was in Biomutant. You could turn it off. Yeah, the, like the, the narrator, banter, you can yeah. have him shut up. Cause you know, I mean he doesn't even say anything. <laughs> He's just narrating everything you do um but i because you know there's options in the menu for like the hud of like oh do you want exploration mode where you you don't really see anything you just see the essentials but otherwise the screen's clear and i was like oh i wish there was exploration mode for aloy of like hey don't say anything maybe wait or like there's a timer or like if i'm staring at a wall for like 10 minutes then you could be like "Mm, have you tried climbing over here because like there was like a a dungeon where it almost felt like parody where i had to like jump a gap and i'm looking at it i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna jump over there and she's like, yeah, I probably got to jump that gap. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I bet because that's where the objective is. <laughs> and then I jump over and we land and she's like, I made it. And like, yep. <laughs> and then before I can even like look at the room, she's like, I bet we got to go over there and unlock that door. And just, just like, am I on autopilot right now? Like, let me play. <laughs> like, I'm not an idiot, especially this deep in the game where like, you know, I have mastered the design. I know all these games tricks by now. I know what to look out for in the environment when I get stuck. but like i i just wish that was less of a thing because it takes the fun out of the because one of my favorite parts of the game is like the old world tombs when you're just looking for those ornaments and stuff i I like the environmental puzzle solving there so having her kind of chime in a lot for those can kind of spoil it a bit and especially for the story centric dungeons that can be a bummer too so that's really my biggest gripe with the game otherwise you know like i guess most of us i'm having a great time with it i'm i'm still floored every time i open it up still one of the most beautiful games i've ever played oh, it's yeah it's one of those games where, like i can't believe this is like real basically and i want to like 
put this in a time machine and show my younger self, they used to wonder like, man, when are the video games going to look like the cutscenes and be like, they did it, man. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> yeah. we, we made it. <laughs> and we made it a long time ago, but this is maybe one of the examples of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I'm also, I'm like super sold on the plot. Like it's hit points where I'm like, okay, I, I need to see this. Like I, I need right. to see where this it has surprised me in some ways. Like, there was points where I thought I knew where it was going, and then they do something weird. And you're like, okay, all right, we're doing this now. I, I, I'm excited to see the conclusion of it. So those are the two games that have pretty much dominated like 98% of my gaming time the last few weeks, other than sneaking in like Yu-Gi-Oh! duels. Those are kind of, Yu-Gi-Oh! is like my palate cleanser for those two games. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. I am equal parts excited and terrified to go back to Horizon because I have dropped it. Uh, since Elden Ring has consumed my life, but I was I'm with you. I've I was loving the story, um, but curious to see uh, how it feels after I get done with Elden Ring. We shall see. So yeah, I mean, Aloy will tell you what to do. You don't have to worry. Yeah, Aloy's going to tell you how to feel yeah. about it. Don't worry. <laughs> Maybe that's a good palate cleanser. I'm like, I'm, man, this I'm, really I'm, feels like a 10 out of 10 game experience right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, cool, good stuff. I feel like almost everyone has talked about their Elden Ring experience so far on the show. We're missing a couple of people here and there, but um, cool. Well, I think that's the playlist. We're going to take a little, little break and uh, we'll come back with some community emails. How about that? Yeah. yeah. And welcome back to the Gamer Show. Uh, we're about to get into the listener email section of the show. But beforehand, we've got some housekeeping. Uh, this is where we tell you what's new in the world of Game Informer. Of course, we always start off uh, our listener email section our, our housekeeping section with a new podcast review. If you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us uh, a review, um, you know, that really helps out. Uh, leave an honest review uh, or go to, go over to Spotify if you're on mobile and leave us a rating. Those really help us out. We are um, scratching, scraping the bottom of the barrel with reviews this week. Um, so Really the gutter of humanity here. Yeah, so if you um, would like to go and leave a positive review or an honest review, but, you know, if you haven't left a review yet, go and leave one. Um, this week's uh, review is a one star, uh, by Buckeye monster, really original, uh, review here. Um, really put a lot of thought and effort into it. Woke <laughs> saying woke corporate garbage. Uh, I gave this a shot again after the bins left, but this activist corporate journalism is so cringe. Maybe if GI spent less time on Twitter, their magazine wouldn't be suffocating on its own constraints of laughable, unoriginal content. Well, speaking of laughable, unoriginal content, this review reminds me of a lot of other ones I've seen in the past. Back to uh, the rest of housekeeping. Weekly streams this week. Uh, we're going to be playing Tunic, maybe some Stranger of Paradise. Um, I think Tunic is playing for Thursday. Maybe we'll continue that on Friday, or we might do Stranger of Paradise. Marcus has some vacations that he's going on. He's, you know, living it up. Um, yeah. Where are you going, Marcus? Like Bermuda? Uh... Oh, you mean this week? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going anywhere special this week. I'm only going to pet sit for my parents at their house. I mean, that's wow. pretty awesome. Well, they go on a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they're going to have a good time. I'm going to be hanging you're, out you're with off, dogs. You're off hanging with dogs or cats or pets. <laughs> so no replay this week, uh, but we do have streams. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, 2 p.m. Central is when you can find us on those days. Notable YouTube videos this week. Uh, we've got uh, Core Keeper uh, and Ghostwire Tokyo NGTs up on the site, uh, on the YouTube channel. Go check those out. Uh, my friend uh, Retro Crumpet, a.k.a. Richard Wood, a.k.a. Woody, 
Um, he's a returning guest. He told me about Corekeeper this last week, and so we checked it out on Monday. And uh, we got a two-hour stream archive for you to go check it out. It's like a Minecraft um, slash Terraria game, you know, crafting sandbox game. Really cool. Uh, just launched on Steam recently, to, uh, Steam Early Access. So go check those out. And then Blake and I sat down uh, for a longer and extended look at Ghostwire Tokyo. I went hands-on with it, captured my session, uh, and we talked about it. Um, so that's it for housekeeping this week. Of course, remember, go follow the crew on social media. You can follow Jill at FinRuin. You can follow Marcus at MarcusStewart7. Follow the EIC himself, Andrew Reiner, at Andrew underscore Reiner. Follow the man himself, Alex Stadnick, at Studnick76. And if you want to, uh, you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. Uh, lastly, videogameography. Um, Marcus, you are now the host. Ben is gone. I mean, you were the host before, but you are now running the ship solo. Um, and well, I hear not it. solo. With guests. Yeah, well, not just a guest. I have a new co-host. Oh, uh, who? I missed this. Oh, yeah. I announced it in Discord a while back, uh, but uh, John Carson. Amazing. Yay! Is right alongside me. The, the new dynamic duo. You guys are... You guys have great energy together, so I'm sure this is going to be entertaining. Yeah, um, it's actually secretly a wrestling podcast now. Oh, that's perfect. The other, that's the other announcement. Yeah, that well. sounds great. Uh, so, yeah, go check out uh, Video Gameography. Uh, all Things Nintendo, of course, hosted by Brian Shea. And from panel to podcast, hosted by the EIC himself, Andrew Reiner. That's our new comic book podcast. All available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to, to, to podcasts. If you're having issues, you know, maybe... Our podcasts aren't on us aren't on the service you prefer. Let us know, tweet us, um, and we'll get on that. But uh, Alex, over to you for listener emails. Listener emails, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show that you know and you love. This is when you, the lovely listener, write in at podcast at gamereformer.com or over on Discord to let us know what to talk about: hopes, dreams, fears, nightmares, stuff about games. Uh, we, uh, uh, Reiner got to talk about the Batman last week. I was hoping someone asked us about the Batman, uh, cause, uh, it's a real good movie. I want to talk about Batman. Yeah. Um, I like the Batman. Batman is great. I uh, like superheroes. <laughs> well, you like some quick. superheroes. Let me write an email. Uh, yeah, quickly. Ah, uh, go to our discord. Alex, <laughs> how do people get into our discord? Yeah. You go to twitch.tv slash game informer, subscribe at any level or with the Twitch prime subscription, link your Twitch to your discord. And then in the Discord app, go look at your integrations, and our server should appear there for you. If you have any issues, email me, alexvanaken at gameinformer.com. There we go. Beautiful. Uh, this week uh, is going to be a good one. I, uh, I guarantee it here. This is from Derek over at Discord. Uh, nice alliteration there. He says, hey, GI crew, since Alex asks every time, I figured I'd finally ask. What is a nightmare that you've had recently or have never forgotten? Oh. I had a nightmare in high school where I woke up without arms on a hospital bed and couldn't get up. I could see the stubs of my elbow and feel my fingers moving. I practically woke up crying. Oof. Phantom pain. Yeah, for real. Oh, um, I have, I, to, to lighten things here, I, I have one that has never left my head and, and has affected me to this day. Do it. Happened in second grade. Oh, gosh. My mom dropped me off at school. And y'all remember Animal from the Muppets? Yeah, yeah. who could forget? Which one? Animal. He's the, the, dr the drummer. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was Gromit. 
Everyone loves it. Wait, Gromit from Walt? Aren't the Muppets and Sesame Street like the same thing? That's not Sesame Street. Walt and Gromit right now. What is happening? Oh, sorry, sorry. My brain is messed up. No, I got compared to a Wallace and Gromit character on YouTube this week. I'm going to say, who's the garbage guy? Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. That's who I was confusing him with. Yeah. Also, Wallace and Gromit, OGs, man. We should get yeah. them on the podcast. Chicken run. Um, yeah, chicken run. Yeah. Anyways, so sitting there, we're in class, right? And Animal is a classmate. And everyone loves Animal, right? He's great. He's a Muppet. You can't, like, ah, Cookie. Uh, it's Cookie Monster. But, you know, <laughs> but when no one's looking, he is like physically and mentally torturing me. He's like taking <laughs> bites out of my arm. He's like screaming at me and stuff like that. And then, nice. like, Oh my, it, and it, it, I was in second grade when I had this dream, right? So I thought it was like very real. And then I remember I was crying and I called my mom to come pick me up. And she gets there and an animal walks up. She's like, oh, Mrs. Stadnick, I love you. Like gives her a big hug. And then like his head, like she's like, oh, you're great. But his head turns like an owl, like <laughs> 180 just to stare at me. And I don't know why this has stuck with me for this long, but literally... <laughs> Because it's horrifying. For, for months, I couldn't watch the Muppets anymore, which is like Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the best versions of Christmas Carol. Is Muppet Treasure Island. Christmas Carol? Yeah, yeah. Eat your heart out, Patrick. <laughs> did Stewart. you fear for Dave Grohl's life that one time he played with Animal? I did. And he's on the Geico commercials now. I'm like, people, get out of here. Like, run from this thing. You don't know him like I do. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> he and bites he was on, my arm. He was on Baby Muppets and stuff like that. Everyone thinks he's this cute, like, like, uh, I can't. I don't. I don't like him. He's my least favorite Muppet, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me for so that long. That is legitimately like, terrifying. Though. Yeah. The other stuff I is goofy, but you, you got me at the head turn. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. I think that's why I've asked for nightmares because I wanted to tell that story publicly. I just want to <laughs> spread the word that he's not who he seems to be. That's all I'm saying. Jeez. So, yeah. Anyone else have a have a non-traumatizing nightmare that they want to share here? I have two, but I don't want to go. I mean, if somebody else would rather go first. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so my recurring dream that I have currently, um, probably once a month or so, uh, I have a stress dream where I am in college. Um, and so for background, uh, my wife, Kayla, and I, we got, I did my school online and I worked um, like 50 hours a week at a bank as well full time. And I did school at nighttime. So it was a busy time in my life. Um, very stressful and I would occasionally forget assignments because it was online and sometimes you lose track of things and I have this recurring stress stream that I feel at this point is a memory like it is so detailed to me I can't remember if this actually happened to me and my brain is just playing it back or if it's just purely a figment um, that keeps recurring but uh, I I wake up and or I, I the, in the dream I wake up and realize that I I missed an entire semester of an English class and I forgot that I signed up for the class and I'm it tanks my GPA and I'm going to have to I'm not going to be able to graduate on time because I'm going to have to retake that class and um, it's the same weird dream over and over it's always the English class it's always I forget that I enrolled in an extra class and I panic as I have to pay for that class and get a zero in it, and I can't graduate. It's a weird recurring dream I have, and then I wake up 
like, oh yeah, I graduated college like 10 years ago. And like, it's such, such a weird dream. It's like, that's the nerdiest nightmare ever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I got a scary one. That is not mine, but I feel like I can, I can take it. My grandmother. Have I told this story on the podcast? I know I've told Alex this in real life. I don't think I, I have. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so strap in. This is a story. So back in the 80s, my mother and her family moved into a house in Richmond, Virginia. It is the house that I grew up in. Um, and it was a creepy house, a uh, definitely haunted house. I had experiences there. Almost everybody in my family had experiences there. And even people that, um, you know, do not believe in that stuff had experiences there. Um, and so when my mom, my family moved in, it's very cliche. I feel like this is made up, but this is how it was told to me. Um, when it was a, one of those tri-level houses where like the main floor is technically the second floor and you got stairs going down, stairs going up on the top floor, um, was like a set an, another attic, like a fourth story that you could walk up into. And it was kind of like part of it was half finished. And then there was a, a closet that was technically even another fifth story into an unfinished part of the attic. Uh, and my mom, that was her room. And when she moved in, there was like a ton of like upside down crosses and like, um, you know, this is all happening during like the satanic panic, I feel like, um, now that I think about it. But uh, I do believe my mom that that, that stuff was there, you know. Um, hmm. Anyways, uh, fast forward like 20 years. I've had plenty of experiences where like, you know, my the door, like my door is closed right now. Like it would start like home alone during the summer would start like shaking. Like somebody was trying to open it. Um, you know, you would hear like footsteps you would, um, anyways, there was some activity here. Right. And my grandmother lived in this house for 25 years, I believe. And literally for like, as far as I know, the entire duration of her stay there she would have the same recurring dream where um, it would be nighttime and a dark figure would be walking up the steps of the um, of the house and it would open the door and walk into the room and it would stand over her and then she would wake up and she had that dream like every night for like 20 years. And every night, would, I'm pretty sure uh, almost every night, like it was. It was Did multiple you, times a week for like 20 some years. Did she get tired of it after a while? It's not even scary. You're just like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? No, she, she was terrified of it. <laughs> she move? Uh, and then she Did moved she, and the dream stopped. Did the dream have like in the dream? Could she move? Uh, that is a really common thing. If you have, I can't remember what it's sleep called. Sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is the, the figure standing over you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she could Because that could literally be that could be a thing. All I know oh, is the dream stopped when she moved away, and she has not had that dream uh, since she mm. moved out of that place. Oh. There's lots of other scary stories with her and, like, uh, you know, tapping on windows and, like, hearing somebody stomping on the floor above you when you're the only one home alone. Huh. A lot of weird stuff. But that, that, that nightmare is tied to that house, and I will always remember it. It is a freaking scary nightmare. Is it? But me, I just heard about, you know, missing class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't live there anymore, right? No. no. Did anyone like burn it to the ground or? <laughs> uh, they, 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 sold it. they sold the house. Thank oh, yeah. God. So someone else is having those dreams. This yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
Who? I mean, it hey. sounds like you moved into like the portrayal on House on the Hill. Uh, no, yeah, like it was. Yeah. It was uh, rough. It was rough stuff. Also, I ran out of that house on multiple occasions because of <laughs> uh, experiences that, that I was that having. That seems like a good thing to do. Like full sprinting out of the house and waiting until my mom got home to go yeah, back. Yeah, that's in. when you like, Grandma, you got to come to us for the. We're not, yeah. we're not having Thanksgiving at your place. It I'm became sorry. A, a thing where like I would pretend to be sick so that I could cut our our trip short so we could go back home. Wow. Because I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Wow. The yeah. nightmare section is real in the GI show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know if I have anything that can top that. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I have two quick ones. I think one I've told before and just either the podcast or maybe replay, but like I was obsessed with Jurassic Park, the first one. I still am. Still, it's arguably my favorite movie of all time. Um, the Velociraptor scene in the kitchen is still one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. I think I think it's low key one of the best uh, scenes in cinema. And when it came out, when I was a kid, that kicked off a series of nightmares. The same nightmare where I would be in bed and Velociraptors would be in my living room, and I'd be like in my bed hiding, and my bedroom door would be like kind of a jar so i could see that they were in the living room like looking around the talking to each other and stuff and so i would always get up and sneak and like try to close the door and no matter how quietly i did it it always and i'd hear them do their like squeal and like start like coming down the hallway and i would always jump into the bed and be like oh they can't get in here and and then you hear the, the handle jiggle because like, oh, crap, they can open doors <laughs> and it would always open the door and it would jump on top of me and just tear me apart. And I would always wake up <laughs> and that happened Jeez. for like a month. But <sighs> like my other uh, this is going to be I'm going to go a little left field because it's like it's not a nightmare in the traditional sense, but it was as upsetting as any nightmare. And I actually rarely get nightmares. I haven't had a genuine nightmare in years, honestly. Um, so I feel like I'm missing out on some good terrors but when i was a kid (laughs) (laughs) nothing like your grandma i don't want that i want like a normal nightmare you're real missing out (laughs) but um when i was a kid um i love ghostbusters we all probably love ghostbusters to a degree i'm still a huge ghostbusters kid and this was around the time that extreme ghostbusters was on if anyone remembers that cartoon yeah see nobody remembers extreme Ghostbusters. it was it was a spook Ghostbusters spinoff with a younger cast and they kind of like the old cast was there, but they were like, it was literally like, Hey, nineties teen grunge Ghostbuster kids, basically like misfits, but it was really good. And it's an underrated show. Um, but I had a dream that I was a Ghostbuster and I was with them and OG cast. So it was like my dream come true. Like they're all here and I'm part of the team. I got my proton back and we're shooting like a ghost. And like, as I'm standing there, like, yeah, like blasting this thing, I like look away for a second and then look back and I notice the stream stopped and I see that my proton gun has turned into a pine cone. And this, this <laughs> always happens in the stream. This happened. I've only had this dream once, but I'll oh. never forget it because the I was so devastated because it was like, I can't. I can't do Ghostbuster things anymore. Like, what happened? And I, I'm looking around, like, is it just me? And everyone else is just like, you know, just shooting, having a good time. And I'm like, 
literally, I think I started crying in my dream because <laughs> I was so bummed out that my Ghostbuster fantasy ended so abruptly and in such a stupid way. And oh. I, I woke up like that morning, like legitimately like upset, just like pouting in bed, just like about to cry in real life too. Like that's how much it hurt. And I still have never forgotten that dream. <laughs> like it's super dumb. So it was it was a nightmare of sorts because I was robbed of my Ghostbuster power fantasy. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Marcus, well, you're a Ghostbuster we, in my mind. Yeah. Sorry, Jill. Yeah. No, Thank if you. we ever do like um gift exchange sort of thing for Game Informer, we all know what to get Marcus now. Yeah. Yeah. The therapist. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you have one i do um i feel van aiken on the college stress dreams i still have them uh, I even though, the, like, horror, the horrifying yeah haunted well house stuff. no i'm sort of there too but not the not the horror house but like sleep paralysis like i brought up because i think i had an episode one time that was absolutely horrendous and uh like it was a, a moment in time where i was really busy at work so i was super stressed uh my spouse was away um traveling for work so i was in a new place all by myself and uh stressed and then i have a absolutely horrendous fear of spiders mm. so i like dreamt phobia? oh blown full blown phobia Ah. Um, I dreamt that a spider so large, like, I can't even imagine, big, black, horrendous creature, started from the ceiling and started crawling towards my face, and I could not move to get out of the way, and then it it somehow went behind, like, the headboard, and I, I woke up. And thought it was real because it oh. like I could not can like I could not tell the difference between it was like reality. Really and vivid. Yeah. So I thought it had really happened for half the night. I had stayed Ooh. up just watching my backboard because I could not move in case the spider came out. And then yeah. suddenly, like slowly over time, my my logic came back, and I'm like, the size that that spider had to have been could not be real. And the size of that spider, even if it was real, could not fit behind my headboard. So I slowly had to talk my my logical self out of being so afraid that I could not move. Oh, my God. You Just checked your like, map and you remembered you're not in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the most horrifying nightmare situation I've ever had. Yeah. That's worse when it's tied to like an actual phobia, too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. oh you reminded me of something about the haunted house. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Where I woke up one time because they were like selling the house and nobody lived there anymore. So there's like spiders and bugs and stuff because nobody's there, right? They're just and we were like sleeping on air mattresses. Uh we were like, I think we were painting the house or something before they sold it. And I wake up in the middle of the night and there's a, just a roach okay. on my body. I'm better with that. I'm better with that. Okay. Like that was real, not a nightmare. Like that really happened. That was a, but now I'm like, that's a very, that's on okay. brand with the other stuff. Like, of course, 
that would happen at the the creepy house. Yeah, living yeah. in the Goosebumps house, like you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's every possible variety of horror is in that house. Good yeah. lord, yeah, Marcus is right. They should have burned it down. Speaking <laughs> of scary things, uh, Casey David down. Yeah, speaking of burning things down, um, Casey David says hello, everyone. What are some of your favorite scary moments in games? What moments have kept you up at night after you stopped playing a game? Uh, Jill, we can we can go reverse order, and Jill, we can we can start with you if you'd like, or if you don't yeah. have one, we can. Uh, okay. I I don't play scary games for this particular reason. Like you you heard about my spider <laughs> incident. Like um, I think there are a couple of things that I've played on stream because people think it's really funny for me to to be in front of the scary thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I yeah, I'm not even gonna dwell on on the scary thing. <laughs> I'll have another nightmare dream for you guys tomorrow. Right. Right. We, had, we had you on the um, the the Dark Pictures Super Replay. Did any yep. of that stuff stick, or was that too goofy and dumb? I don't like. I wiped my slate clean of that. I'm not thinking back towards yeah. it. Nope. Okay, fair. Yeah. Marcus, how about you? Um, I love horror games. Uh, one of though I'd never scream in horror games. I'm not a screamer. I, I'll jump and stuff, and I'll feel like that same fear inside to like ah but the only time i've ever actively screamed in a game was uh, playing pt and i played pt during the day the day that it dropped and it was like right when word started to spread like people need to play whatever this weird thing is <laughs> uh, and i was like okay i'll try it and it was the the part where lisa grabs you which is the biggest jump scare in that demo right um like and you know they built up to it so well because you see her a couple times and every time like the i think the time right before is when she's just standing in the hallway she doesn't move so they're like they want me to walk towards that thing <laughs> like oh god and you get through that and you're like okay i don't know what's next i don't know how they play from here and then you walk down the hallway and all of a sudden camera just abruptly whips you around and she's just in your face and kills you and i remember just literally just like oh like screaming and being surprised at myself that i got like got got that bad <laughs> yeah um so that one always stands out other than that i mean it's always it's, it's always more like the atmosphere is what i usually remember for games like you know there's individuals of like you know the dogs jumping doesn't that's a pretty you know talked about one but i i love the sense of dread and like uh or actually dead space got me pretty good the first one there's a there's a jump scare where um and i i assume this happens to everyone i thought it was a random thing at the time but there's one instance where if you go into the menu, like, you know, you, you go to like the upgrade bench or whatever, and those rooms are usually safe. They're like, oh, you can go in here and do your thing. But there's one occasion where you go in there, you do your stuff. And as soon as you close the window, there's a necromorph like right next to you, just like scythe going into. And I remember just like jumping like, oh, what? What? Because it felt like it had violated like, no, this safe space <laughs> and i killed it before it did anything like i was pretty quick on the draw but then for the rest of the game i didn't trust the menu because it's like well now that i know this can happen <laughs> now i'm just like on edge even more than i was before so i always thought that was great <laughs> yeah for sure last of us did something uh, last of us part two did something similar. oh when the dudes run oh that yep. got me oh like, yeah it, it was the it was the hearing it coming more so than the impact because it, right. it was like in the back when you're like in the Banshee, you're like, I'm like, is that what I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that's a good low key one. That one's surprisingly yeah. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
AVA, I know you are in the similar boat as uh, Jill, but uh, I bet you got one or two here. It's right? like the audit houses even scare you in games having lived. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they terrify me. Uh, man, uh, Murder House, when I was forced to play that game to completion for replay, um, that was horrifying. There were a lot of good moments in that game. That, I mean, I hated the moments, but they were good, you know. I still need to watch it. I have not seen it. It's it's awful. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of moments in that where just like sheer panic. Uh, anytime like you walk out of the hallway uh, and like he's standing there because he he walks around at random like it's it's not scripted uh, as far as like, you know, he's going to be there every time, you know, um, mm-hmm. that whole game was horrifying. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, there's Resident Evil Village. I there were a lot of moments in that game. I think the doll stuff, the dollhouse. Um, I mean, even when like Lady D is just like walking behind you, chasing you, that stuff scares the heck out of me. Like just knowing that I'm being pursued is some of like the most effective horror. And yeah, that that gets so many moments. But I think the the dollhouse is definitely the biggest and best scare in the game. Um, Yeah yeah oh yeah yeah actually nice. there's some stuff in the village like just regular werewolf lichens the, that just like yeah oh, dude jump werewolf in front of the window at you and you're like oh my god i, feel I like, am a screamer oh yeah i, I feel <laughs> like werewolves haven't been scary to me the time prior to village i feel like they media kind of like vampires they made them too cool at a, at a certain point right so it's like yeah. oh that's a that's a badass wolf man he looks cool and then <laughs> village made them genuinely scary in a way that they had not been for a very long time for me yeah yeah oh i and i think that was the genius of that right because it roped in schmucks like me who was like yeah i can handle yeah you know <laughs> that that yeah. intro to the yeah. village they were like check this out yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah. some hold my beer um <laughs> Yeah, no, I think because the question asks for favorite scary moments, right? And I think recently over the last couple of years, it's been because uh, I am I hate horror games, but I have found a love and appreciation for them when I'm playing with my friends and family. And uh, because like Alex talked about uh, Dollhouse, right? House Bienvenue or whatever it was. Um, uh, that that one is is special to me because I played it with my fiance and her sister, right? Um we were for Halloween two years ago or a year ago, what a pandemic era. We went to my friend's place and uh, my my good buddy Joe, who I've talked about before, he played Outlast for us, basically. Oh, and we were just screaming at him the entire time and left, right. And, you know, um, and then uh, like Little Nightmares 2, the 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 teacher chase yeah. easily is one of the scariest things ever. But it was like it was dulled and made more funny because I had my uh my fiance and her her sister with me for that so it's like those moments i look at favorably and like genuinely are favorites because i don't i don't mess with spooky stuff just to be scared you know it's not my bag so um yeah i would pay good money to see the three of you on like a ghost adventure style ghost hunt in a haunted world <laughs> oh my God. Like, i would just be i'd be you guys a have to try <laughs> of a man <laughs> you guys have to try to keep each other sane and there's together. been a few times in my life yeah. where like uh, like a haunted hayride or like a haunted forest like haunted house thing where like i have sprinted by everybody i was with to go away <laughs> like, you're that guy i am not yeah. brave I, I'm like, like he's not enjoying the ride you better run to my friend 
Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna freak everyone else out because you know it's gonna be the mob mentality. Like, oh, I guess we're running now. He must. There must have been something. And I'm then, also right. the guy that'd be scaring me. Like, you might get punched. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will say we did uh, promise a uh, what was it Visage super replay. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We did you for you specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure when, that when we're back in the office, yeah, I'm surprised you brought that back up. You yeah, were probably I know. in the clear. I had that floating in the back of my head. I was like, is he gonna say it? I'm a man of my word, and I will. Uh, that'll just that'll just be good content, and I'm willing to uh, sacrifice my mental well being for it. So <laughs> it'll make you stronger. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, what a show. What a show this has been. What did I tell you? St. Patrick's Day, we're celebrating it right with <laughs> Tunic and video game. Tunic Fox, where's Green Tunic? That's all I'm Not saying. Green Tunic. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there's some green stuff in Stranger the Paradise. But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate y'all so much. Um, you know, I, I asked in the Discord, uh, for those of you who aren't in the Discord, I did ask the group uh, if they like, um, I put out a poll that basically asked, do they like, um extra stuff in the feed so like spoiler casts reviews um interviews like that kind of stuff and it seemed overwhelmingly positive on that so um but let me know right in podcastgameinformer.com uh hit us up on on twitter and that kind of stuff and let us know but i think we're gonna start doing some, some extra stuff i have my eyes on the halo show a little bit so um we'll keep you you posted with that but thank you so much for all your support the kind reviews the everything y'all do for us we really appreciate it so uh be good to one another and we will see you next time bye everyone yeah.